Hi, and welcome to a podcast from Hope Springs Church Coventry. For more, please find us on Facebook at Hope Springs Church or on Twitter, we're at Hope Springs Cobb. Thank you and enjoy. I'm finishing off, I've got the lovely task of finishing off this idea of journey to Emmanuel and I'm looking at Jesus' journey from being with Father God and the Holy Spirit and then coming to earth but I'm not really going to focus much on that part because I got excited on a little bit so I just went elsewhere but that's kind of where it's starting from it's a journey in itself so um, I'm going to look, look a little bit at within that unwrapping Jesus hence why there's a present that's going to sit here for the entire time and you're going to have to wonder what's in the present and wonder what the present means it's just going to create a bit of mystery a bit of intrigue um, which I know especially Jeremy likes a bit of intrigue into what's going on so um <laughs> I want to. <laughs> I want to talk about the. the obviously, we've been look, look, looking at these groups of people that are taught around about around the kind of nativity time of year in terms of the the magi coming to see Jesus, the shepherds, the impact of Joseph and his kind of walk as as Jesus' earthly father um, of Mary, and the impact on their lives as they are journeying towards this birth point of when Jesus enters the world and becomes Emmanuel, uh, becomes the incarnation of God and how it impacted on their lives and how it transformed their lives in, in many different ways. Obviously Mary and Joseph, it's fairly obvious the way that their interaction with him transformed their lives, but even with the shepherds and the magi, the way that it impacted them in their encounter with Jesus, that all of them it talks about in different words and different terminology that they came to Jesus and then they left another way. That they, 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 they left change. They might have gone back to the same place, but the way they went back to that same place is different. The, the way that they, their attitude, their disposition, who they thought of themselves and what they thought of things was different when they went back. Um, and you can therefore speculate that potentially the place they went back to changed because they had changed themselves. And their interaction with that place had changed. Um, well, that is more speculation. But I want to look at this fact that Jesus obviously came to earth and we talk so often about the purpose of Jesus coming and we have this kind of traditional idea that Jesus came to to, to to be a sacrifice for sin, to pay the price for that and that's all true and there's lots of different things that point to that and I'm not going to unpick or look at the end of that today but I'm going to look at another th- reason he came that I think sometimes we overlook and I know I overlook is the fact that he came to reveal the Father. That, that he, if you just, if you have got your Bibles or your phones, um, whatever it may be, just Hebrews one says this. Hebrews one verse one. I'll let you turn there. So disconcerting about the rustling of pages. So I'm just going to rustle my pages, just to make me feel like we're not all using phones. Um, so Hebrews one verse one says this. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in, in the past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these times spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds. Verse 3. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and holding all things by the power of his word, when he by himself purged our sins and sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. He has, having become so much better than the angels, he has sorry as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they just one little phrase i want to get in there that first it says who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person that that word there's a whole lot of different words unpacking that but it's also that, that jesus was the exact image of god 
that, that he was the perfect representation of God, that he looked and was and is exactly God, that there, there is not an inconsistency between the two of them, which sounds ridiculous, but there's not an inconsistency between the two of them, that, that, that God looks like Jesus and Jesus looks like God that they are exactly the same. And the reason that that is significant for me is the bit that comes before, because it says, God who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these days spoken to us by his Son. So the idea is that God is speaking, and he's been speaking since the beginning of time to people. And he's been communicating to them, communicating to them, communicating to them. But what can happen in that communication, for whatever reason, is it creates a distorted perception of God and therefore we get don't we even now we get this idea of questions that arise from the Old Testament scriptures about who God was and that God in the Old Testament seems very different to Jesus in the New Testament and that therefore we assume that he must have changed we assume that something must have happened that changed God's perspective on humanity and we kind of jump in then to the cross and say that God was angry with people and when Jesus came and died on the cross that therefore God forgave people and therefore is not angry with them anymore but actually God's never been angry with people God's loved people consistently he, he has been for people consistently and therefore that that's not our answer to why it looks like God is different in the Old Testament and this kind of approachable accepting loving Jesus in the New, New Testament and yet the Bible says that Jesus is the exact representation of God that Jesus is the perfect representation of God so when Jesus came to earth he wasn't coming as the nice version of God and this angry God li- lived over here somewhere. He came as the exact representation. This is exactly what God looks like. And I believe that it talks about the fact that he was speaking to people in times past. And I think it's almost a bit like this, um, which is incredibly hard to find on the internet, just to point out. So the pictures I've got here aren't the best ones in the world. But this is a person behind a blurred screen a kind of tinted screen we know there's a person there we could speculate about what that person is holding what that person is thinking what that person is doing but we can't see a face expression we can't see specifically what they're holding we can't see their intention of what they're holding we can't interpret any of those things similarly with this one there's someone there the hand on the thing could lead us to the impression that this person is longing to be with the person on the other side of the screen. Or it could be that the person is wanting to, in some kind of crazy thriller film, wanting to come and attack the person on the other side of the screen. It could be any of those things. But we can interpret it, and that's the problem. The way I look at that is purely based on my experience up to this point. If I've watched films that are more thriller-based... I'm probably going to interpret that that's some kind of crazy psychopath on the side of the screen that's going to come and try and attack me. Okay? If I've never watched that, and I brought Zachary, Levi, Zeke, Barney, whoever it may be in here, and asked them what that meant, they'd probably say, oh, it's just someone in a shower, or someone wanting to come and say hello, or someone knocking at the door, something like that, because their interpretation is based on where they're at. Some of this one, that it could be perhaps a bit clearer, but we're not entirely sure what is in the, his hand just here. It could be a cup, it could be not a cup, it could be an explosive device, it could be anything. But the point is, we are interpreting it. We are interpreting it. We're not actually experiencing or hearing from directly or knowing directly what's happening on the other side of the screen. We're interpreting that. And that's a little bit 
about what was happening in the Old Testament. The God is speaking to people, absolutely speaking to people. And they are listening to him and they are doing things he's asking them to do. And we are looking at the Old Testament and we're hearing what God's saying and we're interpreting it based on what we understand and what we think and what it looks like in the context and all that kind of stuff. But actually we are making judgments on things we don't really know. We're making calls on things we don't really know. And we're reading into things that we think that's what he means by what he's saying or we think that's what's happening. And then Jesus comes. And Jesus completely smashes the window. He completely breaks down the barrier. He completely removes the limitations and removes the misunderstandings there and goes, here I am. This is me. This is what God looks like. There's no more room for misunderstanding. There's no more room for misinterpretation because he's going, look, I am the exact representation of God. You look at me, you see what he's like. All those things in the past you've looked at and thought, well, that, that, that kind of God is this kind of uh, warrior God who wants to destroy everybody that doesn't believe in him. Or God is this kind of um, angry God who wants us to pay penance for our, for our sins or whatever it may be. Jesus comes and destroys those illusions, destroys those perspectives, whether their perspective is based on the law, whether their perspective is based on hurt, whether their perspective is based on ideology, whether their perspective is based on hope whatever it might be he comes and destroys those perspectives and says look this is what god looks like i look like him and that's important because christmas in my mind it is the unwrapping of that it's the fact that in this box here we don't know what's in this box here we could interpret what's in this box here we we could guess what's in this box here by the shape by the size by the by the weight okay or lack of weight okay by the fact that there's no sound going on in there, the fact that, that it may be a ticking inside it, or whatever it may be, which is not a promise, it's not a bomb, okay? Um, but we, we don't know. And we don't know until we unwrap it. We don't know until we take off the wrapping bit, we open the box up and we see what's in there. That's what Jesus did. Jesus, Jesus when he came to earth as a baby, came and was, lovely poetic moment, but wrapped in that swaddling cloth of of a baby but came and was revealed as this is what God looks like look at this baby this newborn vulnerable baby this is what God looks like watch this baby grow up this is what God looks like this is what he's like watch him interact with people from all types of society that's what God looks like and if that doesn't look like or the Old Testament accounts of God don't look like that then that needs to be reinterpreted that needs to be looked at again. The Old Testament of need, needs to be looked at through the lens of Jesus. I can't take my blurred image and go, well, that's God in the Old Testament, Jesus in the New Testament. I need to kind of find a common ground between them. That's not the point. I look at Jesus and Jesus interprets that. Jesus helps me explain what he's holding. Jesus helps me explain how he's feeling. Jesus helps me explain what he wants to do. Jesus helps me explain what's going on with this man here helps me explain what the purpose of the hand on the glass is helps me interpret what's going on in in, in the face i can't see jesus helps me explain that so when i look at the old testament there are so many questions that come up that go i've got no idea how i interpret joshua and the fact that joshua seemed to be endorsed by god to go and wipe out entire people groups because that doesn't look anything like jesus the, the, there is no moment in the life of Jesus where he went, right, come on, disciples, come on, Peter, come on, let's go and just take out that whole village. 
because they don't believe in me. There's no point where that comes. And therefore, when I look at Joshua, I have to interpret that in a different way. I have to think, and I'm not saying I've got an answer for that, I haven't said at all, but the point is that Jesus is the exact representation of God. And he smashed through this screen and he went, look, it's not a mystery anymore. This is what I look like. This is what God looks like. And Christmas, my encouragement to myself and to us is that we unwrap Jesus a bit more. That we intentionally go and look at his interactions with people even more. That, that we ask the Holy Spirit to guide us and go, show me him. That when I see Jesus' interaction with Zacchaeus at the tree, there's things I can see from that that tell me how Jesus did deal, deal, deals with the rich and the ones who are abusing the poor and the ones who are mistreating other people. It shows me how God deals with that. In the same way that Jesus' interaction with the woman caught in adultery shows me how Jesus deal, deals with him who's done wrong, that slept with another man who's not a husband. But in the same way it shows me how Jesus deals with people who are being accused and condemned. It shows me what he does. And therefore it shows me what God does. So when I feel accused and condemned, I don't have to go, right, what in the Old Testament or what can I do? But I look at Jesus. How did he interact with that? What did he do? How did he behave around the Holy Spirit? Show me how Jesus was with that person. Let me see beyond just the the kind of mindsets I have and let me see how he interacted with them when I've taken advantage of people like Zacchaeus how do you deal with me what goes on in that moment do you condemn me do you push me to the side do you exclude me or do you invite yourself to my home and spend time with me in that space because it changes and I believe that again this Christmas, as we unwrap presents, my hope is, for myself, my prayers for as a community, that we unwrap more of what he looks like. Because we have ideas of what he looks like, but I believe the Holy Spirit wants to unwrap more to reveal what Jesus looks like. Because when he reveals what Jesus looks like, he reveals what God looks like. And I believe it will put to bed and deal with some of these kind of mindsets we have that I don't think we're aware of sometimes. There's mindsets I have about God that I don't think I know about, but it stops me from approaching it stops me from being confident and being secure. It stops me from being bold in the situation. It stops me from being loving. Because the way I see God is the way that I behave, whether I want it to be or not. The way I view my God is the way that I view people and his interaction with people. And I don't want my view of God to be based on a God in the Old Testament who just dominated people, because that's not what Jesus did. Jesus was there for people in a different kind of way gone so far off my notes anyway we'll have a look where we are um, just want to go to 2 Corinthians 19 Jesus himself said, didn't he, that when, when Thomas asked, said that Thomas said, show us the Father, and he said that when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That Jesus came to reveal him, that they are exactly the same expression. He didn't, he didn't come with a message. He, he, he brought a message, but that's not the purpose he came. It wasn't like me um, playing some kind of weird Chinese whispers with God, going, God, tell me what to say, and I'll just go and tell people about it. Or popping around Matt's house and going and say, Mike, what, why do you want me to pass on to, to Luke? Okay, I'll say that to Luke. That, that's fine. That's not 
what Jesus did. He didn't go like, God, what do you want me to tell us people when I get to earth? That wasn't the point of it. Jesus came as the exact representation. The, the way Jesus behaved, the way he conducted, the way he spoke, wasn't like memory of going, okay, I need to remember what God said in this situation. That he represented as a nature, as a being, as a who he was. I show God. When you look at God, you see me. When you look at me, you see him. That there's no divide, there's no separation, there's no point of difference in them. That he revealed that and he wants us to unwrap that. This, this Christmas, this year ahead, I really believe. 2 Corinthians 5.19 says this. Uh, I'll read verse 17 to start with. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. That is... That God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself and not imputing their trespasses to them. And has committed to us the word of reconciliation. It's amazing again just to read that. God who, was, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. That God has reconciled us to himself. Um, I'm going to pick on you because on the front row. That's a bad decision, wasn't it? Sit on the front row. Stand up for me a second, Matt. Okay. Um, and go on, Jeremy. I'll kind of borrow you as well. Just want to come out here a second. So, um, go on, stand there, that's fine. Matt, stand there. And Jeremy, just stand there, that's great. Okay. Now, if you imagine uh, I've been Jeremy's God, okay. Congratulations, Jeremy, on your role in this play. Um, okay, Jeremy's God, Matt is us. Okay. <laughs> all right. That's all right, we're okay. Um, <laughs> right, so um, we often think of this, don't we? That angry God, who was peed off with us because we'd done so many bad things and we'd sinned and we messed up and all that kind of stuff. Um, and yet, on a little side note, the first thing God does in the in the garden when Adam and Eve have eaten from the tree and they've done that kind of stuff, his first question, his first thing to say is, "Where are you?" That that God is still looking for them. He's not going. I can't believe you've done this. You guys have screwed up big time this time. His first response, his first declaration is, where are you? Because he wants them. He wants to be in relationship with them, despite the fact that they'd, they'd made a mistake. Because God's focus is not our mistakes. God's focus is us. And I want relationship with you. But we have this idea that Adam and Eve ate from the tree and therefore God was now angry with them and therefore sent them out of the garden, wanted nothing to do with them ever again. And that this idea that he kind of had pity on us and helped us in different ways until Jesus came. Jesus came and it was like, now God's killed Jesus and now we're okay, we're happy again because of all that kind of stuff. It's not true at all. God has desired relationship with us consistently and we can see that through pockets. Uh, um, a- ancient readings, I'm going well off the point, you've got to wait a minute, guys, just another second, okay? Ancient stuff taught, taught by the fact that Adam and Eve felt such shame and guilt it talks about that in Genesis but that they hid themselves in a cave and that therefore the stories that they passed on to their children and their children's children about God would have been ones that were tainted again tainted by shame and guilt the, the account they give and you see in the early Gen- Genesis account that that kind of happens until you get Enoch and Enoch it says walked with God and then was no more because God took him and there's, and there's this idea that Enoch almost ignored the the stories that painted this weird impression of God and was like, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pursue you, God. I want relationship with you. I want to know you. And did that. And actually, as he did that, 
it wasn't this kind of weird distorted image of God that he maybe had passed down to him. It was this idea that actually this is, he's love. He wants relationship. And we see pockets through time, don't we, in the kind of Bible where like Moses had a relationship with God face to face. When God said to the children of Israel, I want you to have the same relationship with me as I with Moses, i.e. face to face, they said no because they've got a weird perception of what he's like. And therefore they, they wanted something where you give us laws, give us rules and we'll follow those laws because we don't actually know you because you're a bit weird. You're a bit crazy. We're not quite sure about you. But the idea that God had a relationship was showed through time. He wanted that. But people weren't ready yet. Because their perception of God, their view of God, was distorted. And the, the really interesting thing is, it says in this verse, and now about to you two, that um, Jesus came to reveal the Father. Why did he need to come and reveal the Father? Because we had a distorted perception of the Father. If he didn't... If we didn't have a distorted perception, you wouldn't need to come and do that. But you needed to come and reveal the Father because we viewed the Father in a weird kind of way. And the Bible says we read it wrong so often. I've read it wrong for decades. It says we think that um, God was reconciled to us. Angry God, with the sacrifice of Jesus, was now reconciled to us. The, 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 the Jesus' sacrifice had appeased, had kind of satisfied this angry God who was now able to be reconciled to us again because it had appeased this angry God that's not what it says it says in here that now all things are of God uh, who has reconciled us to himself remember Matt is us this is not God being reconciled and just move to Matt a minute for me please this is not God being reconciled and therefore being able to come near us at all just move back for us yes thank you okay this is us seeing God properly and therefore moving on that moving to him and that changes it entirely because God hasn't changed God hasn't altered at all our perception of him has been way off and therefore Jesus came to show us this is what God looks like and therefore because we saw what God looks like we therefore actually thought we can go near him and we were reconciled to him it's not, and it's such a significant thing. It's not the other way around. God wasn't like going, right, thank you, Jesus. Now you've changed my mind about people. Now I realise people aren't these horrible sinners who I just detest and I hate and all this kind of stuff. I realise that they're actually okay now because Jesus, you've changed my mind about them. You've dealt with the bad stuff about them, therefore I can come near them now. That's not a, remotely true. That Jesus represented God, and that, therefore Jesus' interaction with people shows how God interacts with people the whole way through, whether they've made mistakes or not made mistakes. And he came to change our view of God, that whether the law or our hurt or our shame or our guilt, it changed the way we saw him, where this distorted view, so we kept away, we kept distant. Whereas Jesus came and said, look, this is what he looks like. This is what I look like. This is what God looks like. Therefore, be confident to come near and draw near. The Jesus hanging on the cross is taught so much about the fact that that shows God. That's what God looks like. Someone willing to give himself completely to show, look, I love you. I, 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 I would do anything for you. And therefore, when we see that, we draw near. It's not God being, okay, now I can come near. But when we see God's actually for us, loves us, it's, it's there, then we draw near. And that's the purpose of what Jesus did. And then you can sit down, guys. Thank you. And then um, it says, now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself not the other way around okay not himself to us because that suggests that god had a problem with us that jesus changed god never had a problem with us never ever 
we had an issue with our way we viewed God and therefore we kept distant. But Jesus came and changed the way we viewed God and therefore we came and we reconciled to him. And then it, this is the powerful bit and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. The way I see Jesus, the way I see God affects the way I communicate him. It affects the way that I tell other people about him. That God this year wants to, this Christmas, did, this year ahead wants us to unwrap Jesus because it will help us draw nearer to him because we won't be drawn away through these weird views we have of him, whatever it may be. But as we unwrap him more, we'll draw nearer and therefore that message we give to other people will be one of God's for you. God's absolutely for you, not just in words we're saying, but in the way we communicate it. The ministry of reconciliation will give something away to people that says, actually, God loves you. God loves you, he loves you, he loves you. And it changes the perception because as the church, we look at the view of God in the world and teaching RE, it's shocking because I hear the way that kids and they, the way they view God, the way that they view God in the world is because we as the church, general, have given an impression of God that he's angry, that he hates people, that he hates when people make mistakes, and therefore we have to get our lives sorted and then come near God. That's completely wrong. He's going, I love you whether your life is sorted or not, and I will draw near to you. And our message has to be one that God is drawing near to you because he loves you, he cares for you, and he wants to gather you in his arms and tell you how much he loves you, because that's the way that Jesus lived. He, he drew near to those who were completely messed up, he, 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 he spent time with those who were on the edges of society. That everything about his life said, I'm coming near to you, I'm coming near to you, I'm coming near to you. And the more we see that, the more we unwrap that, this Christmas, this year ahead, the Holy Spirit's going to help us unwrap and see Jesus for the way he really is. And see Jesus so that we, and the things in our mindset, and the things in our heart that stop us from drawing near, I believe he's going to do away with. Because when he does it away, we, we will draw near. And then the message we communicate will reconcile people to him. It will change people's view of God. And they'll think, actually, I want to come near him. And that's because of, he's given us the, men, the message of reconciliation. The ministry of reconciliation. He's given it to us. The message we communicate affects the way people see God. In the same way that the message that Jesus communicates affects the way that people saw God. That's now been given to us. It's so important that we unwrap who he is. And then it says this. And this is the message. That is. So we've talked about this message, but that is. This is the message. That God was in Christ. That in itself is a phenomenal thing. That God, again, was showing himself in Christ. I want you to see me. That God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. And this is a significant bit. Not imputing their trespasses to them. That the whole... in idea of God is that human time and society and history has been that you've got to do right to be near God and whatever religion you look at there's that message you make mistakes you pay for it whether it's karma and reincarnation whether it's the angel of death with Islam and asking them to come and tell about their lives or whatever it is and even Christianity the way we kind of communicate look you need Jesus otherwise God's going to send you to hell the, the whole thing is built on this idea that your mistakes are going to get you in trouble Therefore, you need something to get you out of your mistakes. But actually, God's message is that I'm in Christ, not imputing your sins against you. That's his message. What does that mean? I'm not, I'm not, late, I'm not putting them on your account. I'm not here going, look, you're, you made a mistake, therefore you are wrong. I'm not giving it to you. I'm taking it away from you. Because I want you to realize, actually, I don't care about your mistakes. I'm not bothered about that stuff. I want to have a relationship with you. I want to know you. 
and it's that change in this idea that big God judging the sky with a stick that we know that's not true but something in our heart sometimes echoes it and goes actually that probably is true for this circumstance because this circumstance is so difficult and I've made such a big mistake in it that actually I need to pay for it I need to 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 suffer and be punished for it but God said no no I'm not imputing it to you I want you to come near to me come near to me your, your mistakes don't stop you come near to me come near to me and I believe that this Christmas, I'm going to finish with this, this Christmas, this 2018, is going to be a year where we see in abundance who Jesus is. And by seeing that, it will change the way we view God and therefore the way we are with him and therefore change the way we communicate about him and it will change people's lives because we will unwrap Jesus this year. We'll unwrap him. And as you're unwrapping presents on Christmas Day or whenever you do it, as you're unwrapping them, I want you to have the, the thought in mind that this year is going to be a year where I unwrap and I see Jesus. Because he's here. There's a, something in here that all it needs is just to take off the wrapping paper, have a look inside and see the wonder and the beauty and the awesomeness of who he is. So my encouragement to you is, look through the Gospels, look at his interaction with people, read them, and ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, just show me, show me, just show me, show me who he is, show me why he does what he does, just just reveal it to me. And I believe that it will explode and it will change something in us, it will change a mindset in us that just makes things, actually, Jesus, you like that, that's amazing, how have I lived my life thinking that you do this? How I live my life thinking that that's what God's like and it will change and we'll draw nearer and we'll draw nearer and therefore the message we communicate to people will be one of the true image and likeness of God not one that we conjure up or one that we've been misread. So Holy Spirit I ask that you would help us to see Jesus for who he really is that I should give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you that we would see that our hearts would be enlightened with who Jesus really is, that we would unwrap this Christmas time, Jesus, that we would unwrap who he is, we would unwrap what he looks like, and therefore it would change our view of God and change our mindset about him and cause us to draw nearer and draw nearer and draw nearer. The Holy Spirit also asked for divine opportunities to share that message of that ministry of reconciliation, to, to, to demonstrate who God really is to the people in our families, in our in our friendship groups, in our workplaces, in our neighbourhoods, wherever it may be, that we would just be those um, ambassadors of reconciliation. Those, those ones who shout about and tell about and just give the true image of who Jesus is. The true image of who God is. Let this year, this Christmas time, this 2018, be a year of abundance. Not in just physical, material things, but an abundance in truth of who you are. An abundance in revelation of who you are. An abundance in revealing who you are. In Jesus' name. Amen. Cool. We're done.